Welcome to the subtweet with Shana Manu. What are we drinking? I'm drinking vintage seltzer, lemon lime flavor. This is the seltzer episode, I guess. What are you drinking? Um, plain water. But I had a, a, a La Croix mango this morning. A La Croix. <laughs> so yeah, we should start by discussing what is the correct pronunciation. So on the website, they say La Croix as in enjoy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's copy for you. That's because it was created in the Midwest. Was it? I thought they were in Florida. I thought I think it's the Midwest. Okay, so they would say Lacroix like, like they have um, uh, uh, all these very funny French names in Wisconsin for towns, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, like Fond du Lac. Um, Lacroix was originally produced out of a family-owned brewery in La Crosse, Wisconsin, in 1981. Oh. According to the website. That makes sense. Uh, so they would use the La- carbon dioxide from the fermentation at the brewery to just inject it into the water. Yeah, and the Croix comes from the St. Croix River, which flows between Wisconsin and Minnesota, and that's how you pronounce the river name. St. Croix. Like Fond du Lac. In, um, yeah. So I really think I really think that we need to blame like the northern, midwestern, Canadian, French people for this bastardization. I don't blame them. I mean, I I, I get it, but it still leaves the X at the end um, muted. So what do you do with the X? You don't say Lacroix. I mean, so it's it's. It's French because in French you don't say the X either, but still not French. So it's 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 ambiguous. The silent X in La Croix, La Croix. So there's a funny story about this. Um, La Croix is is the daily Catholic newspaper. It's it's been around since 1880, 107 years old. Uh, so whenever I see La Croix or La Croix, I, I think of, of, of that famous newspaper because um, it, it's, it's mostly famous for um, headlines like Down with the Jews and stuff like that uh, back in the days. <laughs> so, I mean, nowadays it, it's, it's a progressive newspaper, but at the time it, it has kind of a checkered history. Um, and by the way, if you type in lacroix.com, lacroix.com, it will send you to the um, website. The Catholics? Yeah, it will send you to that website, uh, to, to the newspaper's website. I did some digging, by the way, and the, the domain name itself is owned by a large uh, food conglomerate, European food conglomerate, because they make the... Um, Lacroix stock in Belgium. So in Belgium, oh. Lacroix is like, you know, veal stock, like, like uh, canned veal stock and uh, fish stock and all that. Um, so if you go to lacroix.be, it's, it will be fish stock or veal stock. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if it's ever going to come to Europe. Uh, oh my gosh! I bet. No, wait. I bet bone broth, like carbonated bone broth, is coming. Oh my! It's God. the combination of two huge trends right now. Bone broth is is huge now. Well, I mean, oh it's, yeah, it's good, but it's oh, interesting. Bone, bro- bone broth, which you know is. In other words, just called stock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a huge thing. There is a, like, restaurant on the um, in the East Village where you can buy, like, an $8 coffee cup full of bone broth. Oh, my um, God. Is that yeah. is that part of the whole um, noodle craze? Like, Japanese noodle craze? No, it's part of the whole, like, paleo uh, no-carbs craze. Where you just eat protein all the time. Oh, okay. I mean, bone broth yeah. is 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 very good for cooking in general. Uh, just, yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, it's like a a cooking staple, but that's what it is. It's not like a new thing that's no. been invented. No, and I'm sure there's like super organic, rendered. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So it goes with the the because I remember Lacroix like. When I was used to live in Chicago in the late '90s, like it was there, you know. So, so it's been around for for a long time, um, but somehow it's become this big thing, and I guess it's recent. Is it? Yeah, in the last few years, I feel like I feel like what happened is that like sort of elite wealthy-ish people kind of started getting the message that they shouldn't be drinking soda, right? And they also started getting mm. the message that diet soda's mm. pretty bad for you too. And so if you don't want the sugar or the artificial sugar in mm. soda, but you don't want to drink plain water, that brings you to seltzer. And mm. that's how I started drinking seltzer. Mm. Um, and I don't want to think that I'm special. I'm probably just following a trend. Do you, uh, do you enjoy the, the, how do they call that? LaCroix or LaCroix, uh, the essence or is it the, the, that's what they say on the packaging. The, The flavors. Yeah. The flavors. Do you enjoy the flavors? Some of them, not all of them. I, I find the flavoring kind of weird. I, I can't bring myself to to try the coconut one, but some people swear by the coconut one. Um, so wait, it's I've coconut the, water, but carbonated. It's it's no, it's just co- it's coconut flavored. Who okay. knows if there's actually any coconut in it? Okay. Um, but I'm I'm currently drinking a lemon lime. I I like I like just a, a hint of citrus hmm. in my it's, seltzer. It's 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 like dropping a zest yourself in it okay i i um i like seltzer i i find i find it a wonderful invention um it's much more exciting than just plain old water Uh, and also you know growing up like in france perrier was always around perrier was the sort of um uh this is what you get in restaurants instead of tap water uh, you're at a restaurant, you're going to get a Perrier or a Badois. Um, so so it's always festive in that sense. Whenever there's... 
I guess that's how I was brought up. But whenever there are, whenever bubbles are involved, you know it's a party. That's <laughs> really. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, like otherwise you just get tap water. Uh, this is like there's an extra effort. It's fun. It it tickles your your tongue, and you know you feel special because it's like, I mean, the, especially that Perrier bottle. You know, the the, the green. Uh, shaped bottle um that that's like a a bowling pin which is actually the the which is actually the story behind the bottle um the the it's a bowling pin the well i don't know if they had bowling at the time but the the british guy who bought the operation from the french doctor who had started it used to go there because it was a spa it was you know the 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 spring was connected to a spa and, you know, they would exercise there and they had these pins. And the guy thought of making the bottles in that shape with the, um, with green glass. So that's, that's the story behind the bottle. Um, it's always special, right? The, the, you, you must have a special bottle that goes with it. So it's kind of like it. <laughs> so I don't I don't really like Perrier. Sorry to be. Is it because it's too uh carbonated? I think it's not carbonated enough. Really? Yeah. And maybe it's just I often buy at school they sell the like smaller bottles that are mm. plastic. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the bubbles are too small. In Perrier? They they yeah. oh. Oh, maybe it's the plastic bottles. It is true. It we, might be the plastic bottles. We we run into the same problems with the cans. I think the Perry cans, where it's actually the 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 I don't know why, but the the bottles always seems to be um, more. Uh, they have bigger bubbles, like they punch you in the face a little bit. It's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. I like to be punched in the face by bubbles. <laughs> yeah, only bubbles. <laughs> yes. Um, the the other the other you know European bubbly waters are like they all come from springs so so it's not just that they're carbonated or you know they're not like a lacroix which is you know basically tap water with you know artificial flavors and put in a can like they they you know some pellegrino or girl steiner or, or or these waters like they're supposed to be medicinal uh they're supposed to have virtues beyond just um you know tasting carbonated like somehow. Well, my my grandmother has a cabin in the Sierras, and there is sort of famously near this like little it's not even a town where where her cabin is. Mm. Uh, there's this place called Soda Spring where like carbonated water comes out of the ground. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm I, I can't remember. I think I think I tried it when I was little. But I don't really remember. I have been told it doesn't taste very good. But mm. if you're drunk enough and you add enough alcohol, it's drinkable. 
Well, I mean, what they say about Perrier and, you know, Pellegrino and all, all these guys and Badoa and all that, they, they, they get the water that is, you know, naturally heavy in carbon dioxide and they sort of separate the carbon dioxide and they filtrate and everything and then they re-inject the gas. Um, so that's why maybe it tastes better once it's bottled and goes through all that process. But like, it seems that Lacroix, at least does not claim any kind of these, you know, almost medicinal or magical benefits that uh, is the bread and butter, if I may, of other um, chic mineral waters. No. You know, like Evian and all that. I don't, it's, it's... I don't think, like, people drink seltzer for the benefits. I think they drink it because it's fizzy. At least yeah, here, so like... among my peer group so you mean it's like it's like soda but guilt-free yeah unless it's like pro it's probably like doing something terrible to my throat or something but it, it, there's no science it's not bad it. for you yeah the science i mean i i before that episode i was looking and asking and uh someone on twitter who's a med student told me that uh you know the supposed high pH or, you know, acidity of seltzer is absolutely not a concern whatsoever. Um, um, it's, that's it's, good to know. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, uh, it's, it even, I mean, they say it helps with digestion in general. So that makes me, um, that makes me feel better about being on my third seltzer of the day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, have they tried? Okay. So have they tried? seltzer coffee yet like in the cold brews oh oh like yeah seltzer oh well, really oh. well it's popular at coffee shops to do um tonic and coffee wait and wow and there's uh nitro coffee yes which is so the nitro brew the starbucks nitro thing yeah i guess so that's carbonated it's no, it's like run, it's run through a tap like mm -hmm. like beer is, but I, I it's, yeah. it's 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 a much more subtle sort of mm. thing. It looks like Guinness. Um yeah. That, that's But but wow. I do feel like coffee is sort of marching towards this some sort of like iced coffee carbonated beverage thing, which I've I've had some versions of, and they're not good. I I like to keep I my mean, seltzer I, and my coffee. Are, are they essentially like Coca Cola? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I like Coca Cola, but uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 this sort of full circle where you you leave the world of soda pops to go to the carbonated water to go back into the soda universe through carbonated coffee it's the circle of life I, I I've never had a nitro brew and I'm a big coffee drinker but I, I, I've had it I've been disappointed by it I think I may have had it more than once and just never hmm. it's never as good as it seems like it's going to be and so I've given up Okay, so here's my other question. 
do they make energy drinks that are carbonated? I mean, you know, uh, and not sweet, like uh, some brands we know that are very popular with bros, but we're not going to name it. Um, do they make any of these, you know, like loaded with taurine and all these bizarre things that get you wired? I'm, I'm sure they do. I, I try not to pay attention to like... <laughs> I've I've only I've only ever had one of those like crazy caffeine energy drinks once in my life and I felt like I was gonna die after drinking it like it it gets you pumped yeah I think I think I like went I went to like the gym after and I drank it because I was really tired before going to the gym and it turned like I just mean instead of getting me pumped it made me feel like I was gonna die like I got like cold sweat and like clammy and like it was not it was really a bad experience um and so i've not had an energy drink since i was like 16 i've never had an energy drink um this is something i'm 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 really afraid of i mean i've had you know the 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 thai um red bovine thing and I thought it was foul, but um, yeah, no energy drinks can't do it. I mean, I I'm also wondering about. So this is something I've seen, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do have these seltzer makers who install these taps instead of uh, soda pop uh, machines. Like they install these taps with different flavored sodas in, um, you know, ritzy Santa Monica casual restaurants. Oh, really? So is that, oh yeah. And um, so, so I mean, it's a glorified soda stream machine, correct? But um, you can get the diet cola, the uh, lime and lemon soda, and it's artisanal hipster soda. Um, it's it's essentially seltzer with flavors, um, isn't that? I mean, that's yeah. basically what soda is, anyways. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we're getting as you try and like develop seltzer further, you just are sort of marching slowly back towards soda. It's 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 the the past is. How do you say that? What's the 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 past is prologue, uh, but yes, they're re- basically we're reinventing the soda, um, which used to be a medicinal thing. Like like the 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 original soda fountains were at pharmacists. I mean, the the guy who invented Coca Cola was a pharmacist. Yeah, uh, you know, and he put Coke and cola nut in it and ca- caffeine, but it's it's. And caramel, I think, but it was a medicinal thing, um, which is how, by the way, a lot of these uh, bottled waters in from Europe get started in the nineteenth century. People thought that they had um, that they could cure rheumatisms or that they could uh, make you thin. Um, mm-hmm. It's and now and instead the, of curing anything, they're just destroying the the environment. It's not just La Croix, but they're essentially privatizing something that's public, water. Yeah. 
oh, you know, they sell they sell New York City tap water in bottles, like a Dwayne Reed. Yeah. In New York, and it yes. is awful. <laughs> it's terrible to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's um, um, and it doesn't even have the benefit of being in a glass bottle or a can, which can be recycled. Um, plastic bottles are just the worst. And uh, I really hope they go away. Um, but it's not just the battle. It's the fact that you take something that's a public good and you brand it, slap it, and make it private. That I mean, the, the natural springs is a different thing. But um, even then, spring water is uh, kind of terrifying. Uh, um, yeah, I, don't, I kind of don't understand why there is not more public access to water for drinking and Hmm. like especially i i guess i kind of have an idea why this is true but when i was living in la for the summer i noticed that in all the parks it's like impossible to find a water fountain and yeah because and even if you do like you don't know and it might not be working and like in la in the summer when it's 100 degrees and you Mm -hmm. are running around in a park or hiking or cycling or Mm. doing whatever you're doing, like there should be more public access to water. And I don't know if it's like a drought thing. I mean, obviously people, people drinking water in Griffith park is not causing the drought, but (laughs) I could see it being like a political thing to take the water fountains out or whatever, but it also seems like a public health hazard and like, yeah, people, I mean, I was reading, you don't even need to go to like super hot LA, but I was reading that a lot of people are chronically dehydrated. Like people don't drink enough. Uh, and and that's something that's causing all sorts of other troubles when you're dehydrated and you don't even realize it. Um, when, when I was a kid, they used to tell us you, you have to drink a liter of water every day at the very least. And that's in Paris where it's not that hot. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I remember when I was, I was very, very briefly like competitive runner in high school and they wanted us to drink a gallon of water every day. Oh yeah. So that's, that's actually four liters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, you, 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 yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I, so here's the thing. Okay. I'll cut here, but like. Here's another thing. So Avion, it used to be that Avion was was extremely popular in the U.S., correct? Mm-hmm. Is it still the case that uh, lugging around your Avion bottle is a sign of, I don't know, health or uh, um, among, class? Among a certain class of women, it might be a sign of class, but... I think those people who do that are also sort of overlap with the people who are like conscious of plastic bottles being bad for the environment. Uh. And so you see it less often now because it's not like a status symbol anymore because Mm. people know that like it's bad. It's bad. And so. They don't, you don't, you might have it surreptitiously hidden in your bag, but you're not like carrying it around so that people can see you and judge you. 
<laughs> I mean, the craziest one is Fiji water. Uh, when you think about it, yeah. They, they, they <laughs> I mean, and 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 the people behind it, uh, they made so much money that they funded an isle uh, or a wing in the in Lakma. I mean, I believe. Maybe I'll cut that, but like Fiji water was an incredibly. I mean, for uh, it still is like it's everywhere, and it's they they have to fly it. Um. Yeah, that's absurd. Um. And and it's and there are people on Fiji, and I'm not sure that uh, they they have as much access to. You know, clean water. Um. Yes, by the way, uh, and I'll insert that. It's the Resnicks who brought uh, Fiji uh, to the world. The who? The Resnicks. Uh, and the Resnicks are uh, Los Angeles entrepreneurs, and, and they're, um, they're the guys who also put out the palm. You know, the... the oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the yes the most and inefficient are... fruit juice ever. <laughs> well, they, they, it became so popular that they had enough money to fund a whole pavilion at LACMA, a whole building at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, um, uh, the Resnick Pavilion. Well, and all that with Fiji water and palm. That's yeah. So. So is that like better or worse than Eli Broad funding an entire museum from like you know? Hmm. Yeah. The housing crisis. Yeah, that's 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 a question. I don't. I mean, what I know though is like Eli Broad seem Broad seems to have good taste. Uh, the Resnicks, when they opened their new pavilion, you know, the first exhibit was about Marie Antoinette. <laughs> and, and that's a just collection. Too, no, uh, that's Linda Resnick's, you know, collection on of 18th century furniture. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's like no, zero self-conscious whatsoever. Like nothing. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, you know, they're, 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 they're sort of... Uh, Jewish entrepreneurs, like, what do they care about Marie Antoinette? I mean, give me a break. It's yeah, and also it it it, it was a collection of so much ugliness, like in one place, because everybody knows that late eighteenth-century furniture is just disgusting. <laughs> so putting it in a museum, anyhow, it's it was a it was interesting and not in very good taste, but you had to do it, I guess, if you're LACMA, because it's daddy and mommy Resnicks who are paying the bills. So yeah, you know, well, like yeah. the um, the like Rococo furniture ex- rooms at the Met. That's where you go if you like really need to pick your nose or something. So you're never <laughs> gonna see anyone else. That's for sure. That is for sure. I mean, it it does have a historical interest. Um, Museum-wise, I don't know. And especially when it comes from Fiji water money. So, but I still want to, I still want to uh, say something in defense of mineral water. Um, 
and I know it's a tough order. Okay. But mineral, you know, mineral water, usually all these sources in France and Spain and Italy and Germany, they used to be sacred places. Um, they, they, they used to be places of worship for pre-Christian people. Uh, the Romans used to build baths around these places, and then it carried over through um, the various monarchies uh, throughout Europe uh, between the end of the Roman Empire and now. And so there, there's a sort of a historical value attached to these places, and the water keeps on flowing. Um, and yes, you know, they... From, from places of cult and magical places, they turned into uh, these sort of medicinal places where you, you, you still go to Vichy to, um, you know, take baths and they call, you know, and, and exercise and, and cure your rheumatisms and things like that. Um, Lourdes, which is a huge Catholic sanctuary in, in the Pyrenees is, is, is essentially a spring. And, um, you know, people say, oh, there are miracles and all that, but it's, it's, it's where you see how the, uh, the, the, the fetish for mineral water comes from. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, There's a historical it's context the, there. Yeah, it's essentially religious. And then, you know, it turns into our modern religion, which is um, sort of weird science or pharmaceutical science. It's, it's, it's goop, you know? That's what it is. I mean, it truly is. Or Alex Jones's um, vitamin Infowars ruse. Oh, yeah. Well, or, or, well, turning the frogs gay. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, and and you know how how the, the the water is a site for all these conspiracy theories, um, about fluoride mm -hmm, mm -hmm. specifically, yeah. um, and and that's also an interesting thing because people like Paul Ehrlich in the seventies, so the guy who wrote the population bomb, and you know, we're all gonna die. There are too many people, and he he had these. Uh, Slightly kooky plans to um, put, you know, uh, I think it was lithium salts in the water supply so that people wouldn't have as many children. Oh, my God. Uh, no, you know, but people take him seriously because he's Paul Ehrlich and Stanford and all that. But, yeah. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, when there's actually lead in the water in places like Flint, um, it's not a conspiracy. It's the free market. So... Or, 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 right? I mean, yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see Alex Jones, like, screaming about how bad the water is or the public water is in some places in the U.S. I think we briefly need to talk about something that has just come up on Twitter, which okay. is that uh, the IOC... Uh, officially gave LA the 2028 Olympics. So and Paris 24. Yeah. But but more oh, specifically, screwed. how are we going to get out of LA during 2028? I'm so screwed. I'm so screwed. 
and 24 is Paris. Yeah. So I, I you can't I, go anywhere. I, I lose. I lose you. <laughs> Okay, my understanding was that um, the LA plan relies on stuff that's already built mostly. Wow, that's great. Uh, I mean, it's essentially going to be at the Coliseum, right? So, and and then uh, the South Bay. Um, yeah. Hope. Well, and they already have. They definitely have the best cycling track in the U.S. And I think it was built for the eighty-four Olympics. So I guess they had it in '84. Okay. Like they have a lot of infrastructure to be able to. They do. Put it I mean, on they, without they building like, like these giant stadiums that are then abandoned three months after the games are over. And maybe it'll be a pretext to build more public transportation. Um, Let's hope so. But yeah, this is no good. I mean, oh yeah, this is no good. Well, I guess it's in 10 years. Yeah, you've got a while to make a plan. <laughs> uh, we might not be around. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah, I I really think the Olympic stuff, like, it should stop. They, they should just have it in one city every four years and be done with it. But then, you know, they wouldn't be able to get as many kickbacks. And uh, the whole corru corruption rigmarole could not work as well. So yeah, no, I think it should it should just be in the same place, and it should yeah. just be in Olympic City, and then there would be tourism to that city because it was the Olympic City, and it should be in Greece. Yeah, I think everybody liked the the Athens Olympics. I mean, Greece is such a wonderful place. Um, yeah, I, I I hope they do that for the. Because also that that was the thing, like they couldn't get any good candidacies uh, or or cities for for twenty four and twenty eight besides LA and Paris, because everywhere was like Kazakhstan and places like that, like awful dictatorships who really like having the Olympics, um, right? Right, even China. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be Russia. fair, if you, you, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Um, we have one more topic to talk about today, uh, and that is the new iPhone. Ah, the new iPhone. The iPhone X. Do you say X? Uh, since we're, you know, since we're after LaCroix and LaCroix and LaCroix, like, do you say iPhone X I, or iPhone 10? I. I don't know because I haven't I have not read one news story about this. I'm vaguely aware that it happened. <laughs> it was it was I would say iPhone X probably. Um okay. Uh yeah, especially because they seem to be jumping from iPhone 8 to X. Um Yeah, where did the iPhone 9 go? Yeah, that is a good question. A mystery that needs to be solved. I, I uh, think they're releasing an iPhone I, 8 at the same time. And so maybe like the, the regular numerals is for the Pion's iPhone, like the, you know, lower class iPhones, not without all the new gadgets. Mm -hmm. um, well, all I have to say is I have the iPhone 6S mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't need any upgrades. Like it's fine. It works. I have a question for you. 
you spend most of your time using apps, right? Um, I wish I spent less of my time using apps, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the world that the hmm. creators of the web have like forced upon us. <laughs> I actually wish mobile websites just worked better and I didn't have to use as many apps. True. But the point is, in the end, the, the app usage is more important than whatever phone function you get. From this or that phone. Like, you barely ever talk on your phone, do you? Um, that's correct. Same with me. I, I don't. I, yeah. So it's kind of a, yeah. I, I, I just want to make although, sure. Although I will say that it's my only phone option. Like, I don't have a phone at home. Yeah, I mean, so I do need, when the times when I do need to use it as a phone, I need it to work. Yes. So as long as it does that, you're probably fine. Um, which I think is an important point that can't be glossed over because it often, like it often doesn't work. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was my thinking about the, the iPhone, the new iPhone, which is a thousand bucks. It's like, sure, you can pay a thousand bucks for a super snazzy new phone, but uh, the data and voice providers in this country are just so awful anyways that, you know, <laughs> what's the point? Yeah, I will. I will not be paying a thousand dollars for the new phone. Hello. I also, I really like my, I'm. I still like my headphone jack. Like I don't want to get rid of the phone that I have. Oh, that's true. I yeah. value the headphone jack. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Also, apparently, it has this new, uh, incredible feature, where you can unlock it with your face, like with the front camera. Uh, tell us more. Like, Which I don't I don't want to use at all. Tell us more about the, since, you know, you're studying these things right now, but tell us more about the privacy issues involved in this. I thought that's, uh, it's kind of scary and fascinating at the same time. Well, I mean, sort of broadly, anyone could just take your phone and put it up to your face and unlock your phone that way, right? Uh, but more like the rules that govern how the police search mm. through your phone mm. um most of the rules in the from the fourth amendment were kind of constructed in the 60s mm. and really mm. are based in the technology of 1960 um and as sort of each step forward in technology we take mm. uh the court kind of allows erosions of privacy in a lot of those areas with with some exceptions hmm. but i i believe as far as touch id goes um courts have authorized police to force someone to use their fingerprints to unlock their phone whereas oh. if you just use a regular passcode the police can't force you to put in the passcode without your permission and can't search through your phone if you use a passcode um and and that these are really, really new cases and pretty mm. much lower court cases. Mm. And so that could change in the future, but that's kind of how it stands the mm. moment as I understand it. Um, mm. And of, of course, like this is like a couple of decisions that courts have decided what actually happens on the ground in terms of like a police officer mm. is trying to arrest you and like trying to, 
force you to unlock your phone. Like, depending on your knowledge of the law, you might just do it because they make it seem like you really should do it. Hmm. And you don't know if you have a choice. Hmm. So unless you know that you can say no and, like, what you're allowed to say no to, Hmm. um, I think people often so so what, just unlock their phones for the police because some someone in a position of authority asked them to yes and that's yeah i mean I, what what was the, what, what is it that they're saying never talk to the police like is that no, yeah never talk to the police unless you have a lawyer never talk to the police never open anything that, no um and it's not whether you have good intentions or not it's not about that right yeah. right so having a, a face recognition thing that will basically unlock your phone, I mean, you might even be coerced into opening it or unlocking it. Like, it's, yeah, I... Well, I assume with the face recognition, like, with the, with the touch ID, like, someone has to force your thumb onto yeah. the button. With a face recognition, they can just hold your phone up to your face, as I understand it, mm. and like that unlocks your phone, um, which I I think has implications beyond just the police. Like mm. any sort of relationship that has some sort of power dynamic, mm. where one person wants to know what's on your phone and you don't want them to if they're bigger than you and they get a hold of your phone and oh, you know, we we'll hear about some dude. Unlocking his girlfriend's phone while she's asleep. Like, I'm sure exactly. we'll hear that. I mean, I think it has, like, domestic violence implications. Mm. It has a lot of safety implications that I'm sure the people who came up with this are going to say, oh, we never thought of that. I wonder if they have women on the design team. I bet they have one. <laughs> yeah. And and probably she, she wasn't her. Yeah, whether she feels yeah yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, whether she feels comfortable voicing dissent is another. Uh, I think. Yes. I remember correctly. Research suggests you need at least three women, on in any group, for those women to feel like their opinions are not taken as sort of the token woman's opinion mm. that can be disregarded. Okay. Well, that's depressing. Um, well, it's not. Just put three women on every team. I, no, I agree. I mean, it's just... And not not just, like, women, people of color, yes. women of color. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's... It's like a lot of software out there where... On paper, and while you're developing it, or while the bros are developing it, it sounds like super cool. And then you're like, oh, we hadn't thought of the ultimate consequences. Um, yeah, and, and I kind of feel like they don't see thinking about the ultimate consequences as part of their jobs. No. And that is a problem. Their job is to release the product on time. Um, they did something though with the uh, phone, uh, with the the camera and the face recognition software. Is now you can animate emojis with your face. 
Well, you know, who cares about the privacy concerns if you can make the poop emoji animated? Right? It's cheery and mirthful. And um, I'm sure. And that's really within, what Apple is about, right? And improving your life. I'm sure within an hour of the release of this product, we're going to have a better version of the emoji movie than what Hollywood could produce. <laughs> oh, that's going to be, it's going to be highly mimified. I can't wait. Yeah. That's the, um, that's the thing though with these Apple launches, like it, it's every year it's, ooh, and it's new and it's incredible. And are you going to pay for it? And, um, and, and you have all these um, tech reporters going there and, 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 you know, it's like, oh, it's so cool. And it's, it's almost, it reminds me of the, the sort of manufactured hype that you get around uh, new releases of geek movies like Star Wars and stuff. You know, it's, it's people work themselves into a frenzy about things that are products that in the end are fairly utilitarian. And, um, yeah. I mean, I understand. Well, and, and I kind of like I hinted toward this yesterday on Twitter mm-hmm. and people got really mad at me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like you fanboys, uh, what, what are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, I got a lot of people who should know that I actually know how the economics of the media work explaining to me that like oh, people no. read Apple live blogs and therefore Oh, that, oh, pays, you, you, that pays for like the real journalism, and so I shouldn't complain about. Oh, you get. Apple Live Live, I love it. Like, you get mansplained hashtag content. Uh, yeah, which I'm like sorry, obviously. Shane. I'm sorry. I I know, like I know that that's how, that's how the the industry works. That's what pays for the stories that I used to write that no one hmm. ever read. Hmm. Um, but. I still think that like you can acknowledge that it people read it mm. and still say that it's a little bit gross. Yeah. I, I like that's fine. Like I know that's like the New York Times style section. Like I can acknowledge both of those things. Like I love to read the style section. Also, it's a little bit gross. I I mean it's get, isn't it getting better now with the new people there? I thought I you mean Kari Sika. Yeah. I, I, well, he did a good tweet today. I think he started. He did a good tweet today <laughs> about Fashion Week. Okay. I'm really excited to see what's coming. Um, they, I, I, I will have to find it, but I, last week I read an article in the style section that I thought, I mean, obviously I don't remember what was in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I, you know, it actually it means like I was not offended. So... Um, <laughs> Sorry, um, that's that's a first step. It's a first step, you know. It, it, I thought it was actually humane, so for once, um, <laughs> I we will have to do an episode on the style section. I think I can't wait. Oh yeah, I can't wait. It's it's well, you know, now that we've done Lacroix, um, it's yeah. We we can Lacroix or Lacroix. Uh, we can we can do the style section. I think I think this is all leading up to the big goop episode um, that will happen someday. Um, our our listeners are on the edges of their seats. That was cool. The iPhone thing. 
Dude, Ellie, of course. I mean, there was there was no suspense about Ellie getting it and Paris getting it. It's just... Ugh. Yuck.